1: Welcome back to the XONE everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, Xone at on all social media sites, XONRadio Radio TV. To find out about the programming, we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for the Exon TV channel, channel 21 on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Exonation. My guest this hour is John Kerner. He is a professor of American history at Erie Community College in Williamsville, New York. He is the author of several books about the paranormal, including The Mysteries of Father Baker, The Father Baker Code, Supernatural Power, uh, The Secret Plot to Kill McKinley and Why the CIA Killed JFK and Malcolm X, The Secret Drug Trade in Laos, uh, and, uh, and and some other books. And um, John Kerner has a master's degree in American history from the State University of New York College at Brockport, and a bachelor's degree in communications journalism from St. John Fisher College, where he graduated summa cum laude with honors. He also uh, founded uh, Paranormal Walks, a ghost walk company that explores the paranormal history of Western New York through annual walking tours. He resides with his family in Buffalo, New York, just across the uh, the Niagara River from Canada. Here, and if you'd like to get more information, his website is paranormalwalks dot com. And John, welcome to the X Zone.
0: Rob, thanks for having me.
1: Uh, where did your interest in the paranormal come from?
0: Well, I think growing up in Western New York. We have such a, you know, a wide history and respect mm-hmm. for it. I think originally in the Iroquois Confederacy, all their legends and tales really fascinated me. And I think that's kind of how I got hooked in it. As a kid, my mother was just uh, respectful of the Iroquois and talked a lot about them, you know, the giants, little people. And when I became a professor of history, mm-hmm. uh, you know, later on, many Iroquois actually attended my classes and kind of piqued my interest in that, too.
1: So how haunted or how spooky or how supernatural is Western New York on a scale of 1 to 10, based on your experience?
0: Well, it's, it's got so much in a wide variety of things. I'd say probably mm. all the way to 10. I mean, wow. you have tours that I do. I mean, we do. I do tours in Lockport, Hamburg, mm. and Medina, and also Buffalo as well. And there's such a, a rich history of um, so much just layers of death from the Erie Canal and from the Iroquois and... You know, even more modern times with uh, you know like the the mafia, even just a lot of unusual stories and unusual deaths from the area.
1: Now you've written a book called uh, Why the Why the CIA Killed JFK and Malcolm X, but you're you're also uh, you also talk about the the death of JFK Jr. What can you tell us about that?
0: Right, this is my latest book. It's called Exploding the Truth: mm-hmm. the JFK Jr. Assassination. And it's kind of hard to believe, but uh, 20 years ago, next summer on July 16th, it'll be 20 years since My his gosh. tragic death.
1: Doesn't seem that long. It's amazing. Yeah,
0: I know, isn't it? Just, I just this, the day I remember clearly. It's just such a shocking thing. He was just uh, such a widely, you know, beloved mm-hmm. man, and such a man with grace. And he tried to kind of keep himself about politics. And it's almost like i I wasn't alive at the time. I was talking to my family, and my mother said it's very similar to how we all felt when his father died, like he'd just been taken away too young and The book that I have it, it it tries to examine some questions about the official version of events, that it was just an accident, and I think we should raise some serious questions about what happened that night, so what was happening that night? He was traveling from New Jersey to Martha's Vineyard, Mm -hmm. and then he's going to drop his sister-in-law up there and head up to Hyannisport. It's supposed to be a beautiful uh, weekend for the Kennedy family. Rory Kennedy, the youngest daughter of Robert Kennedy, was getting married that weekend, and he was heading up there with his wife and his sister-in-law. And then at precisely 9.40 p.m., his Piper Saratoga crashes into Martha's Vineyard Sea, and he's taken away from us. And the official version of events is that he was suffering from something called spatial disorientation. And what that basically is, I mean, we all live in Western New York and so on too, and we know what blizzards are, where, for example, you don't know what's in front of you, yeah. what is left, what is right, and crash your car that way. It happens to pilots too, <clears throat> where they can't see what's in front of them, whether well, might be a factor with that. So... The NTSB report said that is what caused the crash.
1: But, so but wait a book, sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Didn't he have, yeah. uh, what about the instrumentation in the aircraft? Shouldn't that not right. have given him the the um, the information that he needed to avoid such an incident?
0: That's exactly right. I mean, he—that's one thing to talk about in the book. He knew how to use autopilot. Yeah. He passed instrument rating tests. And on April 22nd, 1998, he mm-hmm. passed one with a hood on in the dark. So he knew how to use autopilot. He also flew that flight 17 times. Oh, my gosh. Without a flight instructor. Yeah, and five times at night. So he knew what he was doing. And we also know that the FAA studied the weather that night. This man named uh, from the FAA, his name was um, Meyer. And this man, I think his first name right now, his name was escaping me, but okay. the FAA studied this, Harold Meyer. And he tried to determine what the weather was that night. And he said the weather was fine. There was nothing that would have caused spatial disorientation. So we know that Kennedy was a good flyer. We know the weather was good. One key thing to, to, that I want to put into the public's mind, too. He made a call into air traffic control at 9.39 p.m., mm-hmm. and he took off 8.39 p.m., so precisely one hour into the flight. He calls in. He he's on approach, about two miles out from the airport. And as most commercial pilots do, and even civilian pilots, they call one hour into the flight to check in. So he, he checked in then. And again, if anything was wrong with him or the aircraft to the web, he would have said something right then. All he said was, you know, we're on approach to land. And then one minute later, there is an explosion. So we can conclude that there was no spatial disorientation. Mm-hmm. There was no distress call. He mm-hmm. knew it was a good pilot. The weather was fine. And all these things lead me to conclude that this was an assassination. And if you look at the fact that there was witnesses on the ground, that three of them saw an explosion, okay. it adds up to this conclusion.
1: All right, but did the NTSB or the FBI find any trace evidence of an explosive material?
0: Well, this is what happened. Uh, after. The, it gets even weirder at this point. So we have the the time... That he calls in to mm-hmm. air traffic control 9.39 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then at that point in time, you would think it'd be easy to recover the aircraft. We know exactly where he went off of radar. We know exactly when he called in. And the water there is just 100 feet. But it takes them five days to recover the bodies. It makes completely no sense.
1: What are the currents so, like there?
0: They're completely flat, that's good for fishing. In fact, I've talked to several people that live up there, and mm. the water is actually quite clear. Okay, so, so you've, got it the NTS, make any sense.
1: you've got the NTSB, you've got the FBI, because it went in the drink, the Coast Guard were involved, and it took all these right. agencies five days to find the aircraft.
0: It doesn't make any sense. And we, we can also mention, too, that there is one key piece of evidence That I think anything else proves the complicity of the military-industrial complex in this assassination, and that's the rescue beacon. So ABC News and NBC News report Mm -hmm. that 2.15 a.m., the Coast Guard and the Navy hear the Pepper of Saratoga's rescue beacon. This is on July 17, 2.15 a.m. They find the aircraft. They're closing in on it. And then the Navy says, Oh, no, no. Hang on a second. It's not the Piper Saratoga. It is a downed Navy military aircraft. Okay. It's one of her own. So then at that point in time, the media drops the story Mm -hmm. and doesn't ask some very important questions. Where is the body for that pilot? What mission was his pilot on? What caused that crash? Where is the aircraft? All these questions were never asked. To see if there was another plane in the water at that time so what ends up happening is the story goes away and what probably did happen is they did they did find the pepper saratoga at that time and needed and then this cover story of this other aircraft to buy themselves more time to cover up the scene of it uh, make it look like an accident all right we've got to take because our first break please stand by Explanation.
1: our guest this hour is john kerner his website is paranormalwalks at gmail.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, once again, my email, exxon at TV.com, And you're listening to us around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iTunes, iHeart, Radio and Simul Radio and Simul TV. And of course, the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. <music> Explanation, John Kerner is our guest this hour, www.paranormalwalks.com. John, isn't it rather um, rather risky to say that the United States government was complicit in the assassination of John F. Kennedy Jr.?
0: It is risky. I mean, it's, it's however, not uncommon. Let's look, for example, at his uncle, Robert Kennedy. Mm-hmm. It was proven just a few years ago that the agency, the CIA, was involved in his assassination. In fact, Sirhan Sirhan admitted this
1: cool.
0: to his lawyer. He was but, vain Ross by, by the agency.
1: But once in again, fact,
0: Robert Kennedy's son visited Sirhan Sirhan in jail, and now believes it too.
1: All right. So you've got you've got someone who's been accused of murdering a U.S. senator, a senator who's going to make a run for the president of the United States. And uh, he assassinates him, and then he says, well, you know, the CIA was involved. That's the proof?
0: Right. Well, the proof is that Sirhan Sirhan has explained to his lawyer, William Uh Pepper, and to Robert Kennedy's son how he went through the MKUltra program and was brainwashed by the agency back in 1967 and 1968. Mm-hmm. And he talked all about this about a few years ago. Well, I'll in ta- fact, I'll at the same I'll time, talk. okay, a woman came forward, named Nina Rhodes Hughes, who backed up the story from Sirhan Sirhan that she was at the same time at mm-hmm. the assassination scene and she saw a second gunman and she kept her mouth shut because she was afraid about being killed. No, I've talked so to a so number of, of.
1: I've talked to a number of people right. who were part of the MKUltra project, and they've never killed anyone.
0: Well, again, I'm, I'm just quoting. Sirhan hand. this is what he said. It's all public record. And again, Robert Kennedy mm-hmm. Jr. visited him in jail just this past year, interviewed him, and he's convinced that this, what I'm saying to this comes right from the Kennedy family. All right. But, so I'm just saying yeah. what the assassin said yeah. and what the what the son said. Yes, I'm but, not saying this myself. I'm saying what they said.
1: All right, so basically what you're saying is based on what you've heard. The United States government is complicit in the assassination of Robert Kennedy Jr.
0: Not Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. I'm sorry, John no, F. Kennedy Jr., saying, yeah. Right. So I'm just looking at the facts of the case, as I'm saying. If you look at the facts of the case, you got to do reverse engineering here. You start with the crime scene. Uh-huh. The cabin of the plane had been breached. This is also from Jim Mars, who studied the JFK assassination. He studied this, this assassination, too. He looked at all kinds of aircraft crashes in his career. Mm-hmm. He worked for the Texas newspapers. He saw many air crashes in his life. He said that this crash was an accident. The plane would be crushed together on the ocean floor, bodies together, luggage, people, everything on the on the ocean floor. Hmm. This did not happen here. Wait a, a second. a 17-mile nautical radius of, the, of a debris field where they found sneakers, mm-hmm. luggage, airplane parts, in a wide area no so no if I'm not mistaken Jim
1: when I'm not mis- it was breached. if I'm not mistaken when the when a commercial airline goes down it doesn't go down to the bottom it uh, you don't find everybody in one area so I can't understand the logic behind this person saying that when it's false it's wrong because if that was the case well, every, t- to every time every time a commercial, yeah, every time a Jim commercial air, say, I, every time okay, a commercial air,
0: say, I, go ahead
1: Every time a commercial aircraft goes down, there's a debris field. Bodies are found all over the place. They're not found at the bottom of the of the ocean, combined, you know, contained within the, the aircraft. So sure. it, it,
0: What they found in this situation was they found things on the land, not things washed up on shore. So they were seeing things that had been flown through the air onto mm-hmm. land. So okay. we're seeing something from an, an explosion from the yeah, cabin. Right. And this corresponds to what people saw on the ground. So we had three people, the three witnesses, right. who saw an explosion and a okay. flash of light. Mm-hmm. And this is consistent with it being breached. We have Victor Probanek, for example, he was fishing there that night, he was a lawyer from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and he saw in a flash of light an explosion. It also was reported reporter from the Vineyard Gazette, I also saw the same thing, and I remember the Kennedy family saw the same thing too. So we have three people who saw a flash of light and an explosion, Is consistent with it being a cabin being breached with a wide debris feet. Okay. And as I said before, the call in at 9.39 p.m., Mm -hmm. it proves he wasn't suffering from disorientation. If he was, then he would have said so at that time. He did not. He was calling in to land. And one minute later, there was an explosion. So if there's anything wrong with with the plane or himself, he would have said so. He did not.
1: How about a mechanical failure causing an explosion?
0: That's possible, too, but what I'm saying is that's mm-hmm. not what the NTFD report said. They said that he was the cause of the accidents, mm-hmm. pilot error, not a mechanical defect. So that's possible, too, sure, but their report says it was his fault. He was a bad pilot, he, he was unable to recover the aircraft, and it crashed into the sea with no explosion, with spatial disorientation.
1: All right. If It's not
0: consistent with the evidence.
1: If this, wasn't, if this wasn't a Kennedy, would this be a story?
0: I don't know. Um, who knows? It seems like at that point in time, he was looking into getting involved with politics. Mm-hmm. And I got back to the point about the rescue beacon, too, is such a key thing to, to mention. Because there is no way to confuse a naval rescue beacon with a civilian beacon. A pepper Saratoga beacon is a high-pitched, shrill sound. And a naval rescue beacon is more like a foghorn. They never could confuse that. It's a deliberate lie that they made right there. They're two way different sounds. So when they made this lie that they didn't recover the Piper Saratoga and said instead they were one of their own downed aircraft, never saying what pilot was killed, was a family informed, all of that was put forward to the public and never was it investigated by the media or anyone else. So that key point there about faking a rescue mm-hmm. beacon is such a key part of the evidence that there's something more to be asked about this whole crazy thing. Uh, Of down aircraft.
1: All right, 20 years ago this happened. What relevance does it have today?
0: Why not look for the truth? Should we just always not learn from the past? Should they go for everything in in our nation's history, just because it happened long ago, just don't talk about it any longer? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a historian. We learn from the past. That's what we do.
1: Yeah, we also know from history that is the history is written by the by the victors. And that history, at times, has been totally tainted.
0: Well, think about this nonsense right now—that he is QAnon, anon, that JFK faked his death, JFK Jr. faked his death, and now mm-hmm. he's supposedly writing on the internet. Just for that very reason alone, we can dispense with this, you know, fake news idea that he is somehow still alive, writing on the internet. But we, that's one reason we can say it right there because he's approaching 20 years since his death, and now people are going to say, well. He's still on the internet writing us, and on. There's one reason right there I can give you.
1: But who really cares? You know, when you, you know there's stories that that JFK was 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 never assassinated. It was all a cover up to, to uh, you know, to hide the fact that he was he was mentally ill. Then you've got other people who are still seeing Elvis all over the world. It's the society well, we live in.
0: If. If you don't want to look at the facts here, and that's your problem. I mean, I'm laying out some very easy to know facts here that should be questioned about this.
1: All right, why he weren't they made
0: a distress call? There were three witnesses that saw an explosion, mm-hmm. all of which are not consistent with the report of the NTSB. And if you don't ask questions about history, then you have a very closed mind.
1: The investigation was done. The investigation was closed.
0: But. According to those that were there, mm-hmm. it's not consistent with the evidence. This myth was put forward by the media that he was some kind of bad pilot. That's not the case. You look at his flight record. He flew the, that same flight 17 times by the flight instructor, five times at night with a hood on. He did mm-hmm. his instrument testing. He also, for example, for back in 1982, was flying in the air. For many years, he loved being in the air. He mm-hmm. was a great pilot. That was the way he escaped from the stress of his life. So there was this idea that he also hurt his leg, that he couldn't fly because his leg was hurt. That's also not true. We got the cast removed the day before, and he had a whole two days to work off any kind of problems with the, his hurt foot. He talked to his doctors the day before, right. everything was fine. He had a whole hour of flight, and that proves right there his foot was not hurting him. So all these different myths are put forward about him, that he was some kind of crazy bad pilot, or was wild and, and, and reckless with his life none of which were true
1: all right i want to thank you for joining us i think that uh, you're full of hot air and you really don't know what the hell you're talking about um obviously a conspiracy theorist more than historian because you know he's also written a book why the cia killed jfk and malcolm x yeah it sells p there's enough wing jobs out there who uh who really get into this stuff. And it's not a matter of not wanting to ask questions. It's a matter of not believing the bull crap that conspiracy theorists are always spewing. If everything to them is the government conspiracy, somebody is getting assassinated, MKUltra, they have more excuses for why the world is all screwed up. They have no sense of reality. And how can you have somebody who claims to be An expert historian who actually does paranormal walks. You know, the secret, another book that he wrote was The Secret Plot to Kill McKinley. Then Why the CIA Killed JFK and Malcolm X. The Secret Drug Trade in Laos. Now, come on, you know. People like that just ticked me off. We'll be back on the other side with hopefully, I guess, who knows what the hell they're talking about as we continue here in the x from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and in case you haven't noticed, I'm not taking this crap anymore. We'll be back, don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign
1: to thank them.